We're the Trail 103.3. I'm Craig, and uh, <laughs> we're sitting here chatting, as always. You and I start chatting almost immediately and keep chatting straight through and after the interview about people we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, huh? we have a lot in common. There's a history here, Craig. You know, a probably a history that's best left off the air. You know, I thought about that, too. I thought, you know, for years I, I brought up various aspects of our interviews, and it's time for those, like most of what I do, to go off into space, never to be recovered. That's exactly my thinking as well. Yes, I you thought know. it might be. Yeah. Trey, Trey Laco Reardon with me this morning. Um, uh and, and we're going to talk about St. Patrick's Day and the various festivities involved with St. Patrick's Day. But uh, Treylock is with the Irish Studies Program at the University of Montana. And before we talk about St. Patrick's Day uh, or the weekend, I guess we'll call it St. Patrick's Weekend, um, the uh, Irish Studies Program has another of those cool raffles going on right now. Is that correct? We do, yeah. We have um, a raffle for a trip for two to Ireland, which is the first prize and it includes the flights, uh, um, car rental. Um, you get $1,500 spending money, basically kind of to get yourself out of jail, spend money when you go <laughs> whatever, over there, you know. Whatever you want yeah, to do exactly. With it. <laughs> so you have it anyway. And then there's a second prize of a $1,500 gas card, and the third prize is a Visa card for $500. But the raffle is then to raise uh, funding to help the Irish Studies Program up at the right. University of Montana. And we run it once every two years, and it's very, very popular. So anybody out there who's interested in promoting Irish culture in Montana or helping the Irish Studies program, um, get yourself a raffle ticket. You might actually end up winning and going back to Ireland. That will be an experience you will never forget. You know, uh, my wife has been to Ireland. I've never been to Ireland. Your and ancestors have been to Ireland, my, oh, yes, we, we were talking about, about that. memories and history. Let's I, leave that. I, I, I told, I've told, well, I'm not going to leave that one. I've told that story to so many people over the years where... Talked about my my uh, Scandinavian background, my Norwegian background, and your Irish background, and and as I've said before, my wife says, "Yeah, you Vikings were bad for you know you were tough for about fifteen minutes, and then you offered the best explanation ever as to why they they settled down. They they invaded Ireland and and they met those beautiful Irish, Irish women, women and Civilized they said them. they said you know I wouldn't I wouldn't mind just having a regular job and and uh, going home every night. That exactly sounds good. You know, yeah, I could do worse than that. It wasn't the Irish men that put the fear of God in them. It was <laughs> the Irish women. Yeah. Uh, and Irish truth. history is dominated by very extraordinary, powerful women. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. look back through the history of Ireland, right to the time of Queen Maeve who wreaked havoc during her time there. Queen Maeve? Maeve, yeah. How is that spelled, Maeve? M-E-A-D-B-H. See, I wouldn't have guessed that. No. No. Yeah, it's a common name in Ireland, but I wouldn't call any daughter of mine after Queen Maeve. No, she was tough, was she? She wreaked havoc, yeah. 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 And she she was a woman of easy virtue. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was known in Irish as Maeve of the Friendly Thighs, thighs you know. Of the Friendly Thighs? Yeah. Yes, well, that does speak sex. volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, so let's not go there. Let's get back okay, to right, something right, more St. holy. Patrick's Day. Um, first of all, St. Patrick's Day is actually Sunday, but the festivities are on Saturday. They are. We do. We've done that for a number of years now. We used to have the um, celebrations on St. Patrick's Day. 
But um, what was happening is that we couldn't, kids were at school and things like that. Right. So we wanted to get the kids and families involved. So what we decided to do, look, we're going to have the festivities on a Saturday. And we're going to do, do that from now on. That's been the case for the past 10 years. And just because it fell on a Sunday doesn't mean you're going to change that for one year. No, we kind of stick to it. Like you kind of uh, made the decision. It's going to be the Saturday. It's going to be the Saturday before the actual event itself, the, the feast day itself. And these are going to be the activities that are going to go on. And try to get the families, try to get the kids somehow um, to go to the parade and to become aware of Irish culture and just how significant a part of Montana history Irish culture is and the um, Irish immigrants are. Yeah, and the descendants been, of those immigrants. I've been listening to your conversations throughout the week with uh, with uh, Shannon Flanagan. Uh, oh, right, their yeah. ads and, and it, it is so interesting. We've talked about it many times over the years, but... Uh, I mean, Butte obviously has a lot of that heritage, but it's it's not just Butte. It's all over the state of Montana. Correct. It's a, a very, very direct connection with Ireland for a long time. Yeah, very, very special. It's very, um, going back 150 years. And like I suppose, when it comes down to this whole thing, is caught as well in the term that they use to describe the Irish over here, Irish-American. Mm -hmm. So they're both Irish and American. So they were completely committed to the, the Republic, to America, and what America represented. But they were also Irish, so they never lost a sense of connection to their homeland. And if you look at the rebuilding of Ireland from the, that period after the famine, it was being re rebuilt by uh, resources that were coming from the Irish of America. And I'm not just talking about building the schools and the hospitals and the churches and so forth. But the political movements, the movement for home rule, that was set up funded and run by the Irish of America. Mm -hmm. When they decided that they would fight in the First World War for the British Empire, the Irish of America went berserk, are you nuts? They pulled the rug out from under them and they uh, organized the 1916 Rising. They organized it, they funded it, and then they organized the War of Independence and they forced the British, because of their political power, to uh, negotiate a settlement. I mean, Woodrow Wilson was afraid that unless something was done in Ireland about the situation there, you'd have a very pro-Irish president. And the British themselves were referring to the Irish problem from the 1880s onwards as the Irish-American problem. Oh, I didn't know. Really? That's the terrorists we're using. Yeah, we don't have to worry about the Irish trouble because it's in the army. We crushed them. It's these head cases that are over in the United States that we can't get to. And they couldn't get to them. I mean, you look at, for example, like the Fenians. Thomas Francis Maher, the governor, was a Fenian. Well, who were there? It was an Irish nationalist organization. And they were made up of Irish immigrants. Hundreds of thousands of them fought in the Civil War for military training. And they were so powerful and they occupied such a level in the U.S. military that when they had their convention in Chicago in 1863, the Union Army permitted the officers from the Confederacy um, to come across and attend the convention, then go back to resume the Civil War. Right in the yeah. middle of the war. Right in the middle of the war, yeah. And then they invaded Canada three times. Canadian government and the British protested. Well, what did we do? Well, we came along and says, come here, boys, you got to knock this stuff off. <laughs> you, know, you can't do this. You're making you us look bad here. That's what they did. <laughs> when they came across, we had the U.S. Major, a lot of them were Irish, and they just took the guns. They actually gave them uh, tickets to get on trains to go back home here in America. Go could back you, to could you just leave? Yeah. Could you just... But you see, you were dealing with guys that a few years earlier, they were alongside you fighting in a war. I mean, you had this very strong connection and they were so high up in the U.S. military that they could do nothing about it. And when the British tried to get something to do, the U.S. government says, we're not going near this. I mean, if you look at the Fenians in Clannagoyle, well, who are their members? Well, they're senators, they're congressmen. Right, right. They're senior businessmen, members of the church. Every part of American society had these Fenians involved in them and 
they had five, the organization was Clan and there were five great strongholds of this organization in the United States, Boston, New York, Chicago, Montana, and uh, San Francisco. Montana. The other ones are cities. We get the whole state. We get the whole state. Well, it's Butte and Anaconda because it was extremely wealthy because of the mines. Mm -hmm. You know, you had a lot of very, very wealthy people. Moving it up 150 years or so with with, uh, the Brexit uh, uh, mess over there right now. And so much of that, depending on Ireland and Northern Ireland. Well, that's the issue. I mean, there's one simple point here. No border, no Brexit. Yeah. So if there's going to be a Brexit, there's going to have to be a border. So where's the border going to be? Yeah. Is the border going to be in Ireland or is it going to be in continental Europe? Well, in the north, because of the political history of Ireland, the Northern Unionists, you know, who are part of the United Kingdom, do not want the United Ireland. They want to remain with Britain. Mm-hmm. They want a border up in the, uh, around the six counties in Ireland. So it remains to be seen. Now they're talking about a united Ireland, but the problem is, okay, it's ge- geographically, physically united, politically it's not going to be united. No. You're not going to get the Northern Unionists to come along and join the South and everything's going to just move along <laughs> no, nice and no, that is not going to happen. There is going to be mayhem. Yeah. Mayhem. You what know? a mess. It is awful, but I mean, it's kind of, I was talking to a gentleman this morning about it, and they're talking now as well about Scottish independence right. and then the Welsh wanting more autonom- autonomy. Well, what are we talking about here? Every place is talking about asserting their own identity. We're talking about disintegration. We have people that are trying to preserve the European Union and all around the European Union, there's this movement to break away, to break away. And I think what we're seeing with Brexit is the first step towards the collapse of the European or the breakup of the European Really? Union. You think it's going to go that far? I think huh? so. Yeah, you see, you got to remember about the Brits. Brits understand empires. Yeah. Spent 400 yeah. years building. Yeah, they've kind of, kind of majored in that for a long they time. They did. And anyways, the guy was talking to this man, he said, well, it's clear. I mean, if you look at him, they never committed to Europe. You know, I mean, they wouldn't. They understand how these things operate. So they retained their currency. They retained a lot of these yeah, other privileges that preserve their own independence, their own autonomy. Because they weren't going to become part of an empire and get swallowed up in it. They create empires and they swallow you up in their empire. They're not going to go down. So the the sun never sets in the British Empire. Maybe more like the sun sets in one individual time zone on the British Empire at some point here. That's what you're yeah. saying. Okay. But there's the other thing too. Is there the alliance with America? You see, America. You know, this is by extension of the British, as far as the Brits are concerned. Like this was, the, you know, the colonies one time. You know, and they still refer to. You, you go back to smart Alex, you know, yeah, how are things in the colonies, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're a mess here, too. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah, well, Let's talk about yeah. St. Patrick's Day here. What's going on on, it starts with Mass. It starts with Mass. Well, we're talking about St. Patrick, who was um, uh, an Irish bishop. Well, he wasn't Irish, actually. He was Welsh or Scottish, we're not really sure. And uh, so we're going to start with Mass. And in Irish Mass, there'll be hymns in Irish, readings in Irish, music in Irish, traditional music. And then after that, we're going and to that's, have St. Francis Saint Xavier Francis, at 8 o'clock. Okay. So all are welcome. Um, and then after the Mass, we're going to have the parade at noon. So, so the lineup is at 11 o'clock. And our Grand Marshal this year is Jerry O'Reilly, a larger-than-life uh, teacher from, uh, Richie from Great Falls. So he's our Grand Marshal. And our Irish man and Irish woman of the year are John and Lorraine Conlon. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so oh. that's pretty cool. And and, and your weather is going to be nice for it this it's year. It's going to be 41 degrees, but the good news is that's above freezing yeah. as opposed to below. <laughs> and sunny. And sunny. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, and then in the afternoon, we have um, whiskey tasting in the Rhino Bar with Kevin Head. Kevin knows a few things about whiskey tasting. He knows tasting, a lot. And, yeah, and, exactly. and he knows a lot about good Irish whiskey. He does. Yeah. He does. And I think there's going to be food as well provided there for fortification. So there will be a bedding in the stomach to absorb the whiskey. <laughs> you know? uh, then you have Did car- you say a bedding? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So you have then the carousel rides from 2 to 4 for kids. And at 4.30, we have So the don't drink a bunch of whiskey and have a bite to eat and then just get on those things. Because those things rip around that. They do, yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, you, the kids go over there and you go to oh, the Oh, I see. Now, okay. All you right, know? Good. So you don't want the kids inside no. watching you, you know, spilling right. whiskey. You know, that's a good just, example. And don't say to the kids, look, I've got bedding in my stomach. This is going to be fine. Yeah. No, don't go that, on that road. No. We don't want to, uh, you know, spend... St. Patrick's Day, getting an AM uh, as being kind of a day when we see examples of poor parenting. <laughs> you know? We don't need So the that. kids go to the carousel, mom and dad go to the rhino. Right. And then once you get tuned up in the rhino, there's um, a hurling game at 4.30 in Washington Grizzly Stadium. And as you know, that has become a really uh, popular sport there. And we have won the national championships uh, four out of six times. We being? Uh, uni- Grizzly hurling team. The oh, University really? Grizzly okay. hurling team, yeah. And then this, in the evening, we have our banquet and auction, which is uh, at the Holiday Inn from 6 to 9.30. So there'll be a celebration of Irish culture. And um, there'll be plenty of food, plenty of drink, plenty of good company. And it's an opportunity to help support the Irish Studies program and um, promote Irish culture. So if you can attend, that's great. The tickets are available online at friendsofirishstudies.com. So you can get them there. You, if you can't attend, you want to donate, you can go to friendsofirishstudies.com and do that as well. Okay. Or just you can get them at the door. All right. Now, I, you are not as long in the tooth as I. I'm close, though. But you're not. But do you have... That's a lot. <laughs> that's a big day. You got it in you to go all the way from Mass through the, the evening? Oh, yeah. Through, you got time out for a nap any time during that? No. Or are you just going to gun it? Yeah, I'm going to gun it because I suppose this isn't my first rodeo. Right, I'm guessing. Yeah. I kind of know the course now, yeah, and I know how to pace myself, <laughs> yeah. And it's the the other thing about it is that it doesn't end there. The following day, there's the international festival at the UC. Right. Oh, I saw signs up for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's a kind of a focus on there's an Irish extravaganza, a focus on Irish culture. But what's interesting is that you're going to have people who are involved in the culture from the community. So if you want your kids or grandkids to play, do Irish dance, they're representative of the Irish dance school. You want to play Irish music? There are Irish musicians there. You want to play them, them to play handball or hurling? They'll be representatives of those sports there. Learn the language, we'll be there. Learn about the history. Yeah, the Irish Studies Programme will have a representation there. So Okay, all right. That's, How's your um, brother? He's doing very well. You know, he retired at 40. He made a whole lot of money and retired at 40 really? years of age. Mm. At how old? 40. 40? Yeah, 40. Well, what did he do? Well, how did he make so much money? Well, it was a time of the Celtic Tiger and... Um, he was actually on his way to a soccer game. Celtic he, Tiger, why don't mm, you explain that? That was when we had the huge construction right. boom in Ireland. But in the 90s, he was on his way to Poland to watch a soccer game. <laughs> he was going through Berlin. 
this, this, the, your, your, your financial advisor is not going to tell you to do whatever Terry is, or Trey Lock is well, going to tell us. Well, here's what happens. He's going through Berlin, and there's all these construction sites. So he's actually in the kind of construction business at home anyway. <laughs> so he looks, he stops to get a bite to eat, and it's alongside one of these sites. So he goes over, and there's a whole lot of these Irish boys working in the, um, in the construction site. So he calls them over and asks them what kind of a plastering bead you're using. You know, for putting on the corners and yeah. so forth. So they tell them this plastic that you have to use it in Germany. That's cold. But he figured, well, if it's going to be cold in Germany, it's going to be cold in Ireland right. pretty soon. So what he did when he went back to Ireland, he started sourcing it, brought it in. But the Irish plasters didn't like it because they plaster in a different way. Yeah. So he went and spoke to them. And um, what happened is that he built a, a bead to their uh, specifics and built a tool, you know, to uh, make this. So... Started producing this bead, and uh, he gets paid for every length of it that comes out of this tool he designed. And uh, he made a whole lot of money and then retired. Wow. What is his name again? Thomas. Tommy. Thomas. I'm sorry, I, for, I forgot. Yeah. Tommy, yeah. He was on the show with us many years ago. He was here, right? yeah, and he's been threatening to come out again a few times, but a couple of times. His, his mother in law got very ill and she died since, unfortunately. So twice they were on the way out here, and twice um, they had to. Uh, cancelled their trip because the mother took a turn. And what was interesting at a mother-in-law is that once they cancelled the trip, the mother took another turn and recovered again. You know? The one who died? The one who eventually died, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, that's quite a recovery. Mother, yeah. No, I mean, she didn't go. <laughs> okay. There was no Laz Lazarus uh, <laughs> performance there. I was wondering how they managed that. Yeah, no. Yeah. You know, so she got very ill. They were supposed to be going, and then, okay, we can't go. She's on death's door. Well, as soon as they cancel the flight, boom, she's back in action. Feeling good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, tell Tommy hi for me. I will, of course, Craig. Okay. I will, right. of course. How's your family? Everybody's doing well? Everybody's doing well, yeah. They're doing well. How old are the now. kids now? Um, 15, uh, 10, uh, 9, and 4. <laughs> no wonder it's getting hard to remember. Well, four-year-old, he gets up in the morning around 3 o'clock. He's got his internal clock, and he comes downstairs and lands in the bed on top of us. Right. Yeah. And then he kicks the daylights out of me. So there you go. Yeah. You'll miss that someday. No, I won't. <laughs> no. Traylock, good to see you again. And you too, Craig. Thank you so much. Oh, you're sure welcome. Thanks for coming in. Traylock Reardon from the Irish Studies Program at the University. What's the website for people to get more information? Um, www.friendsofirishstudies.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Craig. Good Sorry, morning. I called you Terry there. That was a long, okay. a lot of years I called you that, and I've almost gotten that out of my system. No, but no, that's fine. It's okay. You can call me something different. Call me L. What the <laughs> heck? We're the trail, 1033.